The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franz and Andre Salveson. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, saw some numbers today. And a big thank you to our audience for making the fan the second highest streamed station in the Cash Valley Media Group family of stations. No kidding. So the, the fan is a oh, relatively cool. new station. We've only been on the air in this format for two years. And already it uh, in the last month, it has already risen to be the number two most streamed, most listened to online station in the family of uh, radio stations here in the Cash Valley Media Group. So thank you to all of our listeners. Well, before thinking, we probably ought to ask what they're exactly streaming. I mean, are they streaming our show? Are they streaming Dan Patrick, Doug Gottlieb, and then they turn it off and like, you know what? <laughs> Heard enough today. Or they're just listening for Skyview. Don't need that. Yeah, they're just listening to Skyview and, and the great John Newble and Rex Davis who do a who do a heck of a job. That's cool. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, whether you're listening at 106.9 FM 1390 AM streaming us on 1069thefan.com or listening to us after the fact on our podcasts. We appreciate it. And we'll also uh, always love to hear from you. Questions you may have, comments you may have, disagreements you may have with us. Uh, You can always text into the program 435-339-0321 to join us here on the program. Again, 435-339-0321. And, uh, yeah. We have some days where we have quite the lively back and forth with our uh, texts that go that, on. So. But you know what? That's what makes it fun, right? I mean, if, yes, if yes. everybody agreed with everything you said, it would just kind of be nonchalant and, and kind of dry. Uh, it, it, it's great to have when we do our Friday Five Best and, and people don't agree with it and or when we have opinions and thoughts and comments and uh, our wonderful listeners don't agree with it, that's absolutely positively good. It really is. It's good. It's good for the show. It's good for you know, the conversation to build a bridge between us and the listeners. And we have some wonderful, I mean, excuse me, we have a lot of wonderful listeners. And uh, as you all know, you're always welcome to participate in the show, whether it's via Twitter or uh, or phone calls or text messages. Love, love, love having you on. By the way, I was thinking about it last night, and I don't know why I thought about it last night while I was at home. I haven't heard from Piranhas in like a week. <laughs> and he usually streams our show, if I'm not mistaken. Honest hasn't tweeted he'll let at us you know. yet. Yeah, well, no, I just like I hope he's all right. I mean, uh, well, I guess it's a Prana, so it's it. But I hope it's all right. I mean, Prana's is uh, the real deal. Always uh, tuning in, and so Prana's, if you're uh, if you're alive and well, please tweet at us so <laughs> we know. A uh, <laughs> couple different things we want to get to today. Um, Controversy in the bubble. Oh, what a hell of a night that was, wasn't it? Uh, great, great game for the first game. A double overtime thriller between Toronto and Boston, forcing a game seven. Uh, wasn't without some controversy and some calls that got yeah, made or didn't get called. just how it is. Um, but still, that's a, been a really entertaining series, and that's going to go for one more. Uh, Clippers take care of business with, with the Nuggets. Clamping down on defense, Michael Porter with some uh, 
interesting comments after the game for a yeah. young buck. There's there's a time and place for that, and that wasn't the time or the place or the guy to be saying that. Or the guy to be saying We'll get into that. Uh, we have a day which has never been that's never been seen ever in history, Ajay. Today? Today is the first day, and maybe the only day that this will happen. The first day ever in history that we have an NFL game, a college football game, a Major League Soccer game, an NHL game, an NBA game, Major League Baseball, tennis. It's all happening today. All of those things, every professional sports league you can think of has some kind of an event, including college football, taking place today. It's incredible. So in February, you could have college football. You could, honestly, right? February 21. So you have college football. Um, NBA basketball. When does tennis start? I mean, they go like to Europe where there's no snow. So they, they, they go down to Australia or golf, golf maybe in like London or something. Um, <laughs> London. Soccer starts in February. Uh, college basketball will be going in February. That's gonna be weird. It's going to be weird. We won't have NFL, obviously, but. Hey, yeah. Piranhas just checked in. Oh, he did? Thanks oh, for sweet. checking. All is well. Just okay. been busy at work. Keep up the good work. No, that's... It is a he, FYI. Okay. I just want to be careful before I, you know. You never I, know. I think you taught me, like, don't just say he or she. Like, don't assume. Call it a it until you hear <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Thanks for Piranhas for uh, checking. He's a loyal listener. I love Piranhas. And I hope your Piranhas is doing well. That's awesome. So, it, yeah, there's a crazy convergence Holy now. Holy crap, today. And there there could be some fun things in February as well, but I don't know that it's going to be quite as as deep as yeah. what we're experiencing now. So, well, what are you going to – I mean, you, you, pick six is going to be nice tonight. Oh, man, take your, take your choice. Yeah, right? I'm going to be spreading you out. Um, boy, I, I think that I'll probably be more inclined to watch the NBA playoffs. More than the NFL. I'll be checking in. I will want to see what's going on with the, the Chiefs and the and the Texans. I think that will be interesting. But I think right now I'm still more in the major or the NBA playoff mode. Uh, let's should we start there? I mean, there's so much to to look at, and we're gonna get to everything else going on. Um, throughout today and throughout tomorrow and the weekend, whatever. But first and foremost, uh, you talked about tonight's game, Lakers, Rockets. This is game three, game four, game three, game three, excuse game three, me. Lakers lead the series two to one. And I love, well, okay. I don't love Russell Westbrook, but watching him as good as he is, he can take his own team out of a game. So quickly. He did that when they played the Jazz in the playoffs. He did that when they played the Warriors in the playoffs because he makes a a personal vendetta. Right. Like when he played at Golden State and they were up three games to one in 16, I believe it was 16, right? Or 15. And uh, I think it was 16, actually. And they're up three games to one with Durant on this team. And, And Russell Westbrook wanted to be the guy who shut it down, who put the final nail in the coffin. He wanted to be that guy. So it doesn't work for game five. 
tries it again for game six, and it doesn't work. And by game seven, Durant's like, just give me the dang ball and see if I can take over. But it was too little too late. Golden State ended up winning that series. Russell Westbrook continues to kill his own team due to personal vendetta or personal agenda, and he's doing it now. I mean, the guy is crazy athletic. Oh, he's incredible. High motor. Yeah. Can attack the rim and, and, and can do some pretty incredible things. It's just he needs to put uh, – what's the term I'm trying to think of? Uh, there's a term uh, – I'm not a mechanical guy, but there's something on your engine that can prevent it from revving too much. What do you call that, a governor? If we have a mechanic right now, yes, A1 please, Automotive, if please you're there. Please correct me. Tweet us or hit us up. Uh, but it can prevent it from going you know, too much. It'll it'll tamp it down a little bit. Okay. Uh, he needs something like that. Yeah. To keep him under control. Uh, but also, I mean, th- these defenses have figured out, let him step outside yeah, and shoot the shot. all day. His outside shot and his free throws are atrocious. And there's no other excuse than that than what's going on in his own headspace. Because he's been able to do that before, but he's best when he's attacking the rim. And against this bigger lineup that the Lakers have, he can't do that. So they're letting him hang out and well. And, and the crazy thing about it, Eric, shots. is that Russell Westbrook has so much help around him. He had the same kind of thing in Oklahoma City when Durant was on that team. That team was loaded with help, and he would just ignore it. And such is the case here. Like he has Tucker's been decent. Uh. Harden is hardened. Covington's actually been really good in this series. He hasn't been bad. Hasn't been horrible. And yet, Westbrook continues to just put it all on himself. And you're right. It's it's shooting one. Any outside shot for Russell Westbrook, I'm going to say, is a bad shot. Go to the hole and create contact. He's athletic enough to avoid a charge. More often than not. I want to know the percentages of him going to the paint and avoiding a charge. And converting a bucket because he's so good at that. But he refuses to do it. It's, and it's just, it's mind-numbing to me. And he's almost become like a numbers guy. Well, he's been a numbers guy for how oh, long? But again, it's the wrong time to do it when you're in the playoffs playing the number one seeded Lakers who, by the way, have LeBron James on it. Can't well, do it. It's it's not like he's a this terrible player, like we've said. I mean, he can contribute. He can do some pretty amazing but things. But he's bad he when he becomes personal in game, in game three. He's put up 30 points, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. I mean, that's that's a heck of a stat But what line. did he shoot? He was 13 of 24. And what did Harden shoot? 11 of 23. Man, Westbrook was better. But Westbrook was two of four from three. West, uh, Harden was four for nine from three. Well, and now, well, not only that, but tonight the Rockets got another huge distraction on their agenda uh, as Adrian Wojnarowski reported earlier today that Daniel House Jr. is on possible protocol violation in the bubble for allowing, uh, I, it must have been a maid? or a, Oh, it was a COVID tester. Yeah, within his hotel room, is that right? Yep. And which is, is, is not allowed. It's against protocol. But he's trying to find his own magic chicken wings place. and <laughs> Is that what they're calling it now? Yeah, that's what we're trying to call it just to edit here on the show. But... The thing is, is is crazy. Is how, and Daniel House Jr. has actually been pretty productive. Well, House House Jr. didn't do anything in Game Three, but Games One and Two. But Game Two, he had thirteen points, five rebounds, an assist, and a steal. 
And so Mike D'Antoni said uh, on him being available for the rest of the series, quote, I don't know. The investigation is going on. When they come out with their ruling, then we'll just go from there. And quote, I would say he's out tonight. I don't know that for sure. But there's, there's no way that they're investigating a protocol violation and allowing him to play. Uh, yeah, in game one, in 20 minutes, he scored. He didn't score. Oh, he, he had didn't four score. rebounds and a steal. Wasn't it more he, defensive, he though, in that game? He had 27 minutes in game two, and then he did not play in game three. It's nuts, though, dude. You just you can't do stupid stuff. Like, the thing is, they gave you a book of rules, and he flung it out the window <laughs> for some dumb reason. And now here they are with a protocol violation and investigation uh, pending. Um, but listen, he doesn't affect, I don't think, that much of what the Rockets can and can't do. I think I they agree. look at more other guys do, but this L.A. team is, huh, they're a different animal. I mean, like when LeBron, and I said this before the season started, or excuse me, as the season started, like five games in, when LeBron is interested in playing basketball, he's the best player in the world. When Anthony Davis is interested in basketball, he's the best big man in the world. Like, they are unstoppable together when they're interested. The The problem with the Lakers, and this will be a problem throughout the rest of the playoffs, and it has been so far, is the lack of depth and the contribution from that depth that comes from. Kuzma's been good, if I'm not mistaken. Kuzma's been good. Um... I still am not a fan of Danny Green getting starter minutes. I don't think Danny Green's that great. I think he makes boneheaded decisions with the basketball. His points might stay otherwise. His shooting might stay otherwise. But, man, uh, it's tough. Like, it's tough to tough to think that act, that guy can actually be capable of uh, making the right decision with the basketball. So, as much as Westbrook is a problem offensively for this team, I think the depth for the Lakers becomes a bigger problem if this series continues to go on. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that in game three, what really turned the tide for the Lakers, LeBron was incredible in the first half. Oh, yeah. Uh, offensively. Yeah. And then he he dialed it up defensively in the second half. He had a couple of big blocks on Westbrook, he didn't did, he? He did, some chase down blocks. Um, but can LeBron do that for the rest of the series? Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. And I think the thing that made Houston so good in game one, Eric, was ball movement, right? There were so many times where the ball touched every single guy on the court. And some of it, and sometimes it touched a couple extra guys twice just to get the right shot. Someone had a good shot, you found a better shot. That ball movement has completely stopped in game three. Excuse me, in game three. Game two, it was it was more, you, you didn't see it as much, and game three was almost a no-show. Again, it's because Russell Westbrook's taken 23 shots. James Harden's taken 24 shots. All of a sudden, that ball, that ball movement is nearly gone, and it's easy to guard. It's not hard to guard a team who doesn't move the ball. Especially, I mean, even if the player's unstoppable. Yeah, that's true. If it's all one-on-one ISO stuff. It's easy. You just man up with that guy, or if you need to switch somebody, you switch it, but it's not hard. And when you got, again, when you got... Um, Two guys taking 47 shots, give or take, or 30, yeah, 47 shots, give or take. I mean, that's just, it's too much. It's too much. I think it's been kind of an entertaining series, uh, but 
Uh, I, really big tonight. Uh, I think that uh, it, can Houston um, even this thing up? Does, do the Lakers take a commanding lead? Uh, it's a really critical point point in the series if, if the Rockets have uh, this distraction with House, who is one of the first guys off the bench for Houston. Um, if he doesn't end up uh, playing, there is a threat that he could enter a 10-day protocol. 10-day, which I don't really understand. I mean, if it was he's been in the bubble for as long as he has and he hasn't left and this COVID tester has been there as long as she has, uh, they've been regular testing, so... Is a quarantine necessary? I don't think it's because of that, but it's because of a protocol situation. So I don't think he would need to go into a 10-day quarantine, but there may be some kind of a suspension or consequence of, of breaking the, the rules, breaking the protocols of the bubble. But So the question is, how much of a distraction is that, and how much does he does, does Houston miss not having him in the mix um, for that game tonight? It's the only game tonight. It's going to start at 5 o'clock on TNT. Uh, now, LeBron James, he's been whining that these late starts are like having travel games. Do you buy that? No. Because he's whining that the Lakers always have the late game and they might as well be traveling because it's just the same. Do, do you buy that? No. Or is that just a load of garbage? Yeah, it's just a load. Of, it's just LeBron being LeBron. They're not even traveling. You don't even have to move. You don't have to get on a plane and hop on and go to a, across the country to face the team. You stay in the exact same place, play in the exact same arena. It is not. And then, like, you honestly, you take, what, a five-minute bus drive or a two-minute walk back to your hotel. Like, that's just, that's LeBron being LeBron. That's that's full of crap. I don't like it. It's so, I'm not to me, su- it's ridiculous. But I'm not surprised it came from LeBron. No. Like, that's the thing. And we, and I mean, we have LeBron fans out there. I'm not one of them, but we have LeBron fans out there. And he's, he, look, he's a heck of a ball player. And again, as I said, when he's interested in basketball, he's the best player in the world. But this kind of crap just is why I he, I run away from him. Well, so did, did the game time for tonight get changed because he was whining about late no, starts? No, that got changed. Or because, because of, of the NFL? Yeah, because of the NFL. Correct. Yeah, NBA saw that coming and said, uh, <laughs> we need to get a head start on this or else. I mean, because Houston Texans uh, versus Chiefs, is going to be a huge crowd drawer yes. for Houston fans. I mean, they 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 see they've seen the LeBron versus Westbrook and Harden fight. Whatever. This is the season opener on Thursday night for the NFL. You bet your butt they're going to be network freaking, television, not yeah. on cable, on network on network television. television with. And I don't think they're allowed to have fans, or I don't know if fans are limited there. But there is no way, absolutely no way. So. Um, the Lakers-Houston Rockets game, that starts at 5 on TNT. The Texans-Chiefs game starts at 6.20 on NBC. Again, it's smart by the NBA to make an adjustment. You have to. And it helps that uh, it helps that Miami took care of their series. Now, if Miami and Milwaukee are playing today, I bet you Milwaukee and Miami are the nighttime game, like the late night game, and... LeBron and the Lakers in Houston are the date just for that. Again, that very same reason. Texas and Kansas City, or Houston and Kansas City uh, in the season opener. So, yeah, crazy. Crazy. Talk about crazy. That double overtime game between Boston oh my and gosh. Toronto. Boy, that that has been a fun oh series. Oh, my gosh. Man. It surprises earlier on, and then they had the last second shot. What was that, game five? 
four or game, game three. Four? It was game three was game because three. Boston was up 2-0. Oh, that's right. Uh, then the uh, Toronto hit. Um, Saved OG their season. Anobi hit that three uh, at the buzzer on a crazy inbounds play. And, like, here's the thing. Like, okay, let's, 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 let's rewind back to game three. Kemba Walker drives from left to right and then goes across the paint and makes this incredibly sexy pass to Thais, who throws down a dunk. And uh, that, I mean, with 0.5 left, and so you say that's game. Like, Boston thought it was game. D- d- whether they want to admit it or not, Toronto Raptor fans thought that was the game. Um, and then you put Taco Fall in there, and yet Lowry somehow finds the guy in the corner on the opposite side of the freaking court, finds him in the corner for a three that's good. Yeah. And so if you're Boston, pass. you're like, dude, that sucks. Like, we put your tallest guy on the inbounds play to stick him on you, and you still found a way to get it to him. <laughs> And then, you know, game game four ends up being this, you know, like Boston's dragging their feet, kind of moping around after that. So, all of a sudden, you're tied at two. Um, and then, you know, Boston routes Toronto in game five. So, you thought that was a series because, I mean, they, they were up by 30 at one point. It was just a cakewalk. And then last night was really interesting. It was good to see Kyle Lowry show some fight. Um, that was a physical game. Here's the problem with Brad Stevens, though. Here's a number that's going to mind-boggle you. Last night, Brad Stevens checked in his starters with one, I want to make sure I got this right, 125 left on the clock in the third quarter. He didn't sub the rest of the night. Really? So his starters played Art a full gassed. fourth quarter and they're and I mean, two overtime. Their legs are jello right now. I'll have to look up the correct, I mean the exact time that his last substitution, but it was in the third quarter. We were in double overtime and he had not made a substitution since. Oh. Wow. That kind of crap is what kills your team. Yeah, man. Because you're be not letting your bench come out tomorrow. and yeah, and you're and, and you've got a double overtime game and you're not making any substitution. Now look, if you want to play him for the majority of the fourth, and so be it. If you want to start him into overtime, then yes. But at some point you gotta look at your bench and say, My guys should be fresh. We're still in this game. I need to give our team a chance. And he didn't. He absolutely and you saw like when Jason Tatum went to the hole in double overtime, and I mean, and he just like he honestly just collapsed. He took a little bit of contact, but he collapsed. And it was just out of gas. Well, you heard some of the comments from Nick Nurse. Uh, the the way that the referees are reviewing every call now, yeah, and taking a lot of time to deliberate. Yeah. that's kind of affecting how the these coaches are handling their rotations too, because they know their guys get extra points of rest, especially in late game situations. So they're not rotating guys as much. They're sticking with their guys a little bit longer because they know they get these intermittent breaks. Yeah. There was one review. It took over five minutes, and yeah. so it's and that's you better get like than a, a timeout. Yeah, it's like a full timeout. Now, a problem I do have is with some controversy from the referees. Anybody in the league, well, almost anybody in the league, in that kind of a crunch time situation, when Kemba Walker went to the hole at the end of the fourth quarter and didn't get the call, and he got clearly hacked and fouled and bodied, got to make that call. You have to call that. You can't let that go by the wayside. LeBron, Harden, Westbrook, even Donovan Mitchell would get that call. Anthony Davis, uh, Jamal Murray, 
yeah, a- any star would get that call. Kemba Walker's a star. You have to give him that call. But what's frustrating is that the wild inconsistency. Oh, like, it's they been let bad. that play go, and they don't call it. But then the uh, the end of a you know, Miami Milwaukee series has decided that after the shot is already released, yeah, and Giannis is passing by and barely grazes Butler. Uh, as he's going by on his on this on his side, not on his arms, not on his hands, but on his side, just as he's coming by. Yeah, and the he, shots already and it's been almost released, bracing just so he doesn't run into him. But no, we make that call and put him on the line for three free throws to win the game at, with zero on the clock. So it's just been wildly inconsistent. Are you going to let him play? Or are you going to make the calls? How about Kyle Lowry last night? I mean, you want to talk about a guy bringing his team from the dead. And as good as Norman Powell was, he hit that top of the key three uh, to tie the ball game. Uh, I thought Fred Van Fleet was phenomenal again. Uh, Pascal Siakam was good on the defensive end. Kyle Lowry, like, just took the keys to the car. And the car was running on pure fumes in double overtime. And got, and I mean... Got the car into the parking lot, parked her, turned the car off, and it was over. The fadeaway jumper that he hit in double overtime was just menacing because Kemba Walker played as good a defense as you could have asked for. I mean, honestly, the closeout was incredible. He bodied him up extremely well. His hands were in the air. He was straight up completely. And Kyle Lowry honestly turns on the wrong side of the foot and hits a tough fadeaway jumper over him. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Like, Kyle Lowry was phenomenal. In fact, do you have his line? I don't even know his line. Do you have that? Lowry, yep. He had 33 points, a block, two steals, six assists, eight rebounds, six of ten from three. Jeez. In 53 minutes yeah. of gameplay. I think actually in the post-game interview when they're like, hey, you played 50, he's like, wait, what? I played 53 minutes? <laughs> and what? How, how many other guys played 50-plus minutes in that game last well, night? Well, both teams had four guys who played 50 minutes or more. Uh, Siakam played 54. That's a starter. Ananobi played 50. Is he a starter? Yep. Kay. Lowry had 53, and Four. Van Vliet had 51. And is Fleet a starter? That's an honest, a dumb yeah, question. Van is... Vliet's a starter. Okay. Marcus Gasol only played 16 minutes. The, that's your starting five for Toronto. Uh, for Boston, Tatum played 51. Teese played 47. I got to look up that stat. Walker played 52. Smart played 50. And Brown played 51. So... That's a lot of minutes from the Boston starters. Um, Not a lot of help from the bench. Well, again, but he he couldn't get a lot of help because they weren't they weren't allowed to step on the court for the final three and a half quarters. From the third, like like mid third quarter on, he didn't let them play, and he and he just sat on the starters. Now the crazy part, um. Is like you said, tomorrow night's game seven. And I don't know how much legs Boston has left. He has milked his starters. In fact, you know what? I'm going to check this out really quick because I want to make sure I get this right. I'm trying to look for that stat. But, and, and it just mind boggles me because if I remember right, um, uh, what, who's, what's their bucket? Toronto used their bench pretty rotational, even into late to the fourth quarter. Then used his starters into the fourth and overtime, but uh, it, it just it mind boggles me that you don't. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things that blew my mind in that one. There, there's that um, the fact that Boston 
Excuse me, the Toronto. No. Uh, sorry, I have to get this back. You're good. Correct here. I want to make sure I say it right. Um, that. Uh, now, where did it go? We just saw it. The fact that. Um, uh, now we're. I've lost it. My, <laughs> I had it right there and I scrolled too far. Um, so, the fact that the, the Boston consistently had leads in this game and couldn't close it out. Uh, yeah. There were a couple different no, times in regulation point. and in overtime. Here it is. The, the Raptors, they did not score a single point in the final four minutes and 24 seconds of regulation. Oh, shoot. How really? do you go four and a half minutes at the end of a game <laughs> and find a way to still win? That blows, my, that blows me uh, <laughs> So, Eric... The final and I'm and I've got it now. The final substitution for Boston, you ready for this? Was in the third quarter. With twenty three point five left in the third quarter, Tyson Kemba Walker entered the game. Brad Stevens did not make a substitution the rest of the way. Well, that's that's hard to ask for your guys. I mean, he, I probably understand the mentality. There's, there's going to be timeouts, free throws, play, you know, uh, play reviews by the refs, and you, you're going to get little breaks to give your guys a, a, a blow, give them a breather. But you want to go with your guys to close the game out, but you still have to be mindful of minutes. Yeah, and really quick before we go to break, I want to ask you something. Nick Nurse, who was standing on the uh, corner side of the court, I think Tice was just next to him. Jason Tatum drove with his left hand on the left wing. Nick Nurse is still standing there. And uh, Jason thought he was a player because of where he was positioned and threw the ball to him. What do you I mean, illegal? Because of where he's standing? No. You don't think so? No. I mean, he's on the sidelines. He's allowed to be on the sidelines. There's no, like, stay within this box area if you're the head coach. But if he's standing, like, on the corner of the court where ties his position about maybe not even a yard in front of him, and Jason goes in and, and looks up and sees ties, but then sees another guy, I don't know. I, I just I feel like you got to – you gotta be able to keep yourself within range of where you're supposed to. I mean, I mean there's I, a whole sideline of players and coaches that are over in that area. Yeah, but they're pushed back. By the way, when Tony Brothers officiates a game, this is after last night. Celtics' last 16 playoff games ref by Tony Brothers are they're three and thirteen. The Raptors' last 16 when ref by Tony Brothers they're fourteen and two. <laughs> Wow, interesting. So pay attention to who officiates yeah, who's tomorrow night's fish game, in game seven. seven. All right, uh, some more controversy from the NBA bubble last night. This one coming from Michael Porter Jr. After the game, calling out his coach. Is he? Uh, is, is he? Is he right? Does he have a, uh, a you know, a, some legs to stand on here with this position? Or is he in the wrong? We'll get into that. We'll also preview Major League Baseball. They're Gosh, we're almost done with the regular season. Just a stretch run here. A couple of weeks left for the regular season for Major League Baseball. So we'll take a look at the standings. Who still has a shot for the playoffs? Who's in the lead right now? 
our pick six coming up, the six things we think are going to happen this weekend. It's all ahead on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Last night, it was the Clippers finishing off the evening and finishing off the Nuggets, 96-85, to a big defensive effort by the Clippers. And they've done a great job shutting down Jamal Murray. They have not given him any airspace, and they have frustrated him and tried to take away anything that makes him feel comfortable. Uh, they've done what Utah Jazz could not do, and that is consistently uh, run guys at him and not let him get in a rhythm. Anytime it looked like he was starting to get something going, they would make adjustments and shut him down. He did finish with 18 points, seven assists, but those were really hard to come by, and most of that came in the second half. Uh, granted, Clippers have some significant advantages that the Jazz don't have. They can send multiple athletic wing defenders at him. Um, but the one guy that has uh, done uh, you know, fairly well in this series for Denver is Michael Porter Jr. He's had a couple of games where he's – He's done some nice things offensively, scoring some points. Uh, he had 15 points, six rebounds, and he also had an assist and a block. But he's also done some things that have given away points to the other team. Like he'll make a great play, and uh, this wasn't so much on display last night as it was in game two, but um, he, uh, excuse me, in game three, but he grabbed a rebound and tried to dribble behind his back, and it goes right to a clipper under their hoop, and they put it in. They get two easy points. And he had a couple plays like that in game three. Not so much in game four, but after the game, he did score 15 points, and he did some nice things off the bench. But after the game, he's critical of his coach and some of their coaching decisions saying, hey, I got to get involved more. Uh, He had a good first half, scored most of his points in the first half, but he didn't score much in the second, and it's because he didn't touch the ball. And he's he's kind of complaining that too much of the offense is going through Jokic and Murray. So, oh, oh, sorry, I thought I played so, in the audio. So uh, the, the question is, is he right? N- no. Should he be involved more in the second half? When no. He's playing well in the first half, and he's got something going. Do you, any of our listeners, or you, Eric, and you can text in at 435-339-0321 if you want to share in on this conversation. Do our listeners ever play pickup ball with somebody who refuses to play defense, doesn't want to play defense of any sort, sucks on defense, but when it comes to offense, they're standing like on the corner or they're standing in the wing, they're not even moving, and they keep saying, ball, 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 ball. Ball, I'm open, I'm open. Have you ever played with somebody like that? (laughs) Yes. And what is your first thought when the very first time you see them get cooked on the defensive side, stand on the other corner, and scream out ball the whole entire time? Like, no, it's not coming your way. For 17 minutes, for the final 17 minutes and 28 seconds, if I counted this right, Michael Porter Jr., I don't think, touched the ball. And there was actually three possessions last night that stood out to me. I, I went back and rewatched these a uh, couple possessions. Uh, s- 
second quarter. <laughs> second quarter. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's matched up one-on-one with MP Jr. And Jamal Murray rovers to the corner. And so you can't leave Jamal Murray, of course. But little did they know is that MP Jr. doesn't want to pass to anybody. So, or, uh, um, starting MP Jr., not Jamal Murray, excuse me. Wow. Lou Williams goes to the corner. Jamal Murray's guarding him, and he doesn't want to leave him. Paul George comes on a switch. He goes to the block. And so Kawhi Leonard gets a one-on-one matchup, and, like, Porter looks like he's just walking in mud. I mean, he's gone on the first dribble. And Leonard gets to the rim, throws down a dunk. Murray looks at him and raises his arms in the air. Second possession, I remember. Third quarter, early third quarter, there's a switch. And the switch is Kawhi Leonard getting and Michael Porter Jr. on him again. Michael Porter Jr. is like, uh-uh, I ain't touching this. And so instead, he helps, for whatever reason, he helps Jokic double PG-13. So then Kawhi Leonard takes three dribbles inside the paint, then puts up a floater and hits it. And Jokic looks at him like, dude, come on, do your job. <laughs> and then the third and final possession is when MP Jr. is, uh, I think it was Montrez Heller going to the hole on the inside the paint. And, like, Michael Porter being right there above the, uh, what is that called? The restricted uh, area. Thank you. Could have taken a charge. Instead, Michael Porter Jr. runs to the corner where Lou Williams is, who has his hands, you know, he's picking his nose because he knows he doesn't need to touch this ball. And Montrez Harrell goes to the rim and throws down a left-handed dunk. And this time, instead of Jokic or Murray looking at him, Everybody on the court looks at him like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, here is the clip from Michael Porter Jr., his post-game comments saying, let me play. <laughs> so, Mike, when that happens, is that a situation where you just need to demand the ball more on offense? You, you're looking for sets to be run or you need to cut more? What are you looking to do to get yourself more involved when you're not touching the ball? I mean, that's really up to the play calls. It's really up to the coaches who they want to put the, put the ball in whose hand. Um, we kept going uh, to Yoke and Ma, um, and that's, you know, I think that's, they're, they're two amazing players, so you can never get mad at that. But I just think uh, to beat that team, we got to get more players involved. We got to move the ball a little bit better. Um, we can't be predictable against that team. All right, I have no hands right now. All right, we'll go back to Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead. Mike, are you at a place, I know it's your rookie year, but are you in a place where you can voice that that concern and that thought to Malone, or do you just kind of just let him uh, dictate? Um, nah, I think, you know, if I'm going to be out there on the floor playing a lot of minutes, I think I should voice that. So I'll probably, talk, I'll probably talk to the coaches, you know, just tell them what I see being out there on the floor, just letting them know, look, like, we, they know what we're doing. Like, we got to – swing the ball. We got a lot of players who can play basketball and score. So we got to get some more guys involved. Okay. Uh, dude, by the way, while you're talking to the coaches, you might want to gather the team together and tell them what the hell you were actually thinking when you said all that. That is not good. But last time I checked, Coach Malone was the coach. Hey, and, and by Porter the way, Junior's a rookie. You want to talk about swinging the ball? <laughs> MP Junior in this series, Eric. He has 44 field goal attempts. Attempts. 44. Guess how many assists he has? Three? Two. <laughs> so you were damn close, which is actually pretty impressive, which is not good for Michael Porter Jr. 
You so like here's the thing is every time Michael Porter Jr. touches the ball, you know one thing is going to happen. Nobody else is going to touch the ball. Like what Russell Westbrook is doing to Houston, Michael Porter Jr. is doing to his own team. And the thing is, is look, yeah, sure, Michael Porter, uh, you're not getting the shots, but Jokic and Murray are, and guess what? Jokic and Murray are making them. Jeremy Grant is making them. Uh, even, Sometimes. Yeah, Torrey Craig is more consistent at times. But, but again, and I, and I emphasize this, if you're not playing defense, man, you shouldn't be getting the ball on offense because that's, I mean, this isn't Space Jam. Well, it, it's... I, like, to some degree, whoa, I feel whoa, whoa, bad. I don't play defense. To some degree, I feel bad because here's a guy who's, who, whose offensive skill has been on display in the bubble. And was like, wow, this guy looks great. You know, he's finding his way in the NBA, and he's got an outside shot. He can play at the rim. He can provide a, a nice offensive punch off the bench. Uh, his defense has been lacking. There were some games the Jazz just went Michael Porter Jr. hunting on defense uh, and went after him. That's what the Clippers and are then doing, he, though. But then he they made some improvements. Either they hid him or he figured some things out, and it wasn't quite as uh, obvious. Uh, but that's kind of flipped in this series. Again, the Clippers are going after him. So, on the one hand, you know, I, I kind of get it. But at the other, he's a rookie. <laughs> he hasn't been really on the court for very long with this team either. He needs to know his place. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing is, look, when you have earned the right to be in that position, you might be getting starter minutes. And by the way, that might in... That might decrease a lot now, and I'm not kidding. That's going to really set his teammates on fire. His teammates are out there trying to guard the best, like, honestly, one of the most balanced teams right now in the NBA, in the L.A. Clippers. While Michael Porter Jr. is off playing patty cake with himself on defense. And then all of a sudden, he's geared up and ready to go on the offensive side of the ensuing possession. Like, that's not going to work. I, and you're a rookie. These guys played in a huge and intense Western Conference playoff run last year. And now you're going to come out and say, well, I think I know better. Dude, if I'm Mike Malone, I'm A, telling him he better apologize to the team where he ain't playing, and B, I actually find someone who's going to be more offensively uh, better, I guess, and uh, I guess more defensively helpful on the team. And I decrease MP Junior's minutes because there's no way Jamal Murray and Jokic are like, hey, you can't. Freaking. You can't decrease his minutes. They need him too much. They Dude. need his offense. Yeah, they need points. The thing is, 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 is defense is canceling out his offense. Like it's honestly, it's it's canceling. What was his plus minus? Do you have that yesterday? Uh, yes. Michael Porter Junior was a plus four. Wow. Okay. Well, Murray was him. a minus seven. Murray was a minus seven. Yep. I'm sorry, but I still disagree with Michael Porter Jr. Like, <laughs> you got to play some defense to get the looks on offense, and you got to pass the ball when you're on offense. What was the possession where he went to the rim and he got like he ignored Jokic, went to the rim, got blocked, got his own rebound or loose ball, had Murray in the corner, Grant on the left wing, and Jokic at the top of the key. And didn't pass it to him. Instead, went back up with it and got blocked again. Like, it's just, I don't know. You got to earn that, man. And he hasn't earned it.
And by the way, that Clippers team just looks like they're shopping for blood now. They're getting locked in. Uh, yeah, I. They're really getting locked in. And I, I know, I know, Coach Mike Malone and Jamal Murray said, "Yeah, hey, we were down three one to Utah, and so we've been through this before." The Clippers aren't Utah. The Clippers have Lou, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, and those guys are hunting after your blood. And then on the offensive side, they've got Kawhi, who's been as good as he's been in a long time. And, and PG-13 has found his rhythm again, which is not good news. Yeah, but in the Jazz series, they were down 3-1, and they had suffered two really bad blowouts. Again. And they found a way to get back into it. Look, the L.A. Clippers. So don't write the Nuggets off Yeah, just yet. no, you can write the Nuggets off at this point. Murray had two bad games against Utah where he scored 14 and 16 points. That's great. But, you know, again, Eric, defensively, the Clippers are a better team than the Jazz are. Offensively, the Clippers are a better team than the Jazz are. Balanced-wise, like they're just overall better than the Jazz. The only thing they're not better in is coaching. I'd still take Quinn Snyder. But this series is over. Uh, this I will agree. This series does feel a lot different because uh, Murray has not had the same level of shot making that he had. And the, the thing is, is, is what the Clippers were up eighteen. And then the Nuggets come back and tie it at 48. And that was with 6.35 left in, uh, let's see, no, wait. They tied at 48, and then there was 6.35 left in the third quarter. The Nuggets didn't score until 2.30 left in the third quarter. Yeah. And the Clippers went on a 21-5 run. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. And it was wasn't really at the Nuggets' fault. It was just, I mean, they just locked in defensively, and then they yep. were just hitting great shots offensively. It was more aggressive and deliberate defense from the Clippers that uh, spur, you know, spurred them on offensively and shut down Denver. Yeah. yeah. And Jamal has never looked like he's in a rhythm. Oh, man. Isn't it crazy what like a, def- a different game, defense does to you? Yeah, even in game two when he had 27 points. It, it didn't look like he yeah. was in rhythm. It looked like it was forced. Like against the Jazz. No, heavens no. All right, so last time out here on the Full Court Press, we'll, we'll update you on other things that are happening tonight. Uh, another preview of the game that's going to be tipping off in about 10 minutes. And uh, next hour, we'll get into the NFL, which is getting started, our pick six, um, and a lot of talk about Major League Baseball. There's just a few weeks left of the regular season. Who's in a better position to make the playoffs, and who's going to be uh, in the, the World Series after what this season has looked like so far? We'll talk about that coming up on the Full Court Press. Now is the time to sign up for the Patriot Day Invitational Golf Tournament September 11th at Logan River Golf Course. Pay tribute to local veterans and the Marine Corps League Auxiliary. Great golf, fun prizes, and lively entertainment. The Patriot Day Invitational Golf Tournament is presented by Cartwright Architects and Engineers. Sign up your team today. Space is limited or become a sponsor by going to PatriotDayInvitational.com. That's PatriotDayInvitational.com. It's presented by Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, and Ajay Salveson, the uh, L.A. Lakers and the Houston Rockets are going to be tipping off here in just a few minutes. Uh, some uncertainty whether Rockets will have a full complement of players. Uh, House, um, 
Jr. Yeah, Daniel House Jr. Daniel House Jr. is under investigation. He broke protocol within the team hotel, uh, had uh, allowed somebody into his room. Um, so um, we'll see if if he still is able to, to participate or not tonight or if he has to be involved in a quarantine. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see what how that plays out. Um, now, also, the uh, the Lakers are going to be without uh, Deion Waiters for the second game, uh, groin injury. But uh, the Lakers may be changing up some things in their roster and their rotations tonight could be interesting. Uh, what they do there as they take on the uh, Houston Rockets. But again, that's game starting at 5 o'clock on TNT. Lakers favored by 5. Do the Lakers take a commanding 3-1 series lead, or do the Rockets tie this one up tonight, Ajay? Uh, yeah, look, if Russell Westbrook can get out of the way and allow the offense to be the offense that Houston is so capable of being, this team's going to win. And I, I, I Honestly, I think ball moon offensively, Houston's a better basketball team. But if they continue to go into ISO ball with Westbrook and Harden, it's going to be easy to guard. It's going to be easy to defend. LeBron's not going to have to move much and do much on the defensive side. It's going to have plenty of energy on the offensive side for both him and Davis. And this team's going to be ready to lock and load. I I like Lakers tonight um, by, I mean, by 8, 9. If the Lakers can get the the Rajon Rondo and Kyle Kuzma that they had in Game Three. Oh yeah, that was be, vintage Rondo, wasn't it? They Holy will be smokes. just fine. My goodness, Rondo was just so good. But if they get the Rondo from Game One, they're going to be a lot of trouble. Well, it depends. Again, like I said, this game really depends on what Russell Westbrook decides to do. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like he. Uh, he can help his team and, and win a game, or else he can be the major factor why his team loses a ball game. So, uh, so coming up a little bit later on tonight, we've got college football. Uh, Miami taking on UAB. Woo! That's excited for that one on ACC one. Network. Uh, you got the NBA on TNT starting at five. You got the NFL on NBC starting at uh, about six twenty, six thirty ish. You got Major League Baseball going on. Major League Soccer is going on. You got the NHL playoffs that are going on. We'll touch on some of those subjects coming up next hour with more focus on Major League Baseball as the regular season is coming to a close. Who's in the best position to put themselves into the World Series? We'll debate that next in the Full Court Press. Going to. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. It's hard to believe, but the NFL kicks off the 2020 season tonight. We get our first glimpse of the defending champion Chiefs against the Texans. For the first time in a long time, the Patriots are not looming large over the AFC. Tom Brady's gone. Kansas City could be the new dynasty. The Chiefs were able to re-sign their key players and added an electric running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. Much like New England, it all starts at the quarterbacking position. Patrick Mahomes has transitioned into being the face of the league. But repeating is not easy. The Patriots' run almost defies logic in the salary cap era. The Chiefs had a lot of things go right last year. They were once trailing the Texans 24 to nothing in the divisional playoffs. I'm not sure anyone was thinking dynasty then. Even late in the Super Bowl, they were on the ropes. Now they enter this season as favorites. Starting tonight, we'll see if they can live up to the considerable hype. Can't wait. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 